gonna rock this shade Gonna scream my name Make you shout now, honey Gonna make you whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. And now, here's an indie blues double shot from our featured artist today, the Nighthawks. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs.
woman and she looks good going. She keeps a sexy little hat on the shelf. She only wears it when she's by herself. Coming and she looks good going. She got those old fashioned stockings with the line on the back. She got a thin waistline, baby, that's a fact. But when the breeze gets to kicking and the dress gets to blowing, she looks good coming and she looks good going. Let's go! And she looks good going She looks good at the break of day She looks good each and every way She looks good in the summertime And tonight she's gonna be mine Oh, it don't matter how much she's sure She looks good coming and she looks good going It don't matter how much she's sure She looks good coming and she looks good going and that was the Nighthawks from their brand new release. And we've got Mark Winter on the line right now. Hey, Mark, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Now, this is the first time you've been on our show, and we always like to give our fans an opportunity to get to know who you are. And the best way to do that is to talk about your journey, how the Nighthawks got started, and kind of your your uh i guess evolution up to this point so give us the story of the nighthawks well it's uh it's a 50-year journey at this point in 1972 i i had played in some bands in new york city was looking to leave new york city and, and move back to washington dc on the on the basis of what bobby radcliffe was doing lo- locally playing blues for people who were listening so I moved back to D.C. and pestered Bobby and uh, ran off with his drummer. And we hooked up with a guy named Jimmy Thackeray and we started the Nighthawks. And two years later, in 1974, we solidified the rhythm section. So it was, it was me and Jimmy Thackeray, Pete Ragusa, and Jan Zakowski. That band stayed intact until uh, 1986 with the addition in the last two years of a keyboard player, Greg Wetzel. Um, Jimmy Thackeray left in 86, and the band, the core band without Wetzel, went on to be the backup band for a lot of Rosebud agency tours, backing up John Lee Hooker, Elvin Bishop, John Lee Hooker. Um, we kind of became a, a, a East Coast backup unit for all those West Coast guys. And we evolved into a band with Jimmy Hall and Jimmy Knowles running the band, um, 
which was pretty exciting, except uh, we couldn't quite couldn't quite bring everything. We did two demos, but we couldn't quite get the right attention at the right time or something. Anyway, we went back to a more roots band with me back up more up front with some young uh, young guy named Danny Morris. And then Danny left. We went through nine years with a uh, guitar player named uh, Pete Canaris. Then we switched over uh, when uh, Jan Zukowski left, so he did 32 years. And then Pete Ragusa left, he did 36 years. We had Paul Bell and, and uh, Johnny Castle for, for 15 years. We had a couple of really wonderful albums that sort of stayed a little under the radar, except we did uh, record live at Sirius XM. We managed to uh, record an album there that won uh, a blues award in, in Memphis in 2011. It was all recorded live, all acoustic, uh, really straight up blues. It was like doing everything they told you not to do. There were no originals, there were no, uh, you know, no uh, guitar, long guitar solos. It was just kind of down home and, and, and no original material, uh, just clap blues classics. Anyway, uh, Johnny and, and Paul left, and we got Dan Hovey in the band on guitar, and uh, Mark Stutzo had already joined when Pete left, um, and Paul Pichota joined, uh, and that's the current band. Um, we, we, we had an album that we, we started to tour on in the spring of 2020. And it was a wonderful album called uh, Trying to Get to You. And it's the, it was the first album with the current personnel on it that really showed how great the current band is. Uh, it's my favorite so far, and I, I've been in all of them. Um, but, uh, of course, the album came out in, in two years ago, in March 2020. Uh, but our tour, initial tour in Florida was cut short by a week, and we fled. And what we did during the pandemic, other than some streaming stuff um, out of various garages with various degrees of uh, professional camera work, um, was um, we, we made an album. We found safe places and stayed isolated enough ourselves that instead of uh, our normal routine of uh, banging out 12 new songs in an afternoon and playing them for a couple of years and then recording them, we worked on, isolated ourselves and created an album over about a year, uh, got studio ready, and then we went into the studio uh, in Annapolis to where we had recorded Trying to Get to You, working with David Earl, uh, who is almost a fifth Nighthawk. He's very simpatico, both to our sound and our groove and our attitude and everything. And, uh, we took our time too. We did it like once a week, so it was. Um, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't a rushed event. It wasn't like usually we're going bang out all the tracks in three days, come back a couple of days later, mix them in three days. And none of that. It was just everything. Take your time. Do it right. Do it again. Do whatever. Um, and uh, and it, we just. Uh, our, our last label we were working with, of course, had gone out, has actually gone out of business, unfortunately. Um, our, our buddies out of Richmond with Eller's Soul, they have, they have hung up their rock and roll shoes. Uh, 
And we've been friends with Bob Margolin for a million years, and Bob's one of the partners in Vistone. And I like the whole attitude of what they try to do, how they try to support the artist and everything. And it seemed like it was time for us to, to hook up with them. And, uh, I think Bob might have carried the ball a little bit, but, uh, but Amy and Richard seemed to like what we were doing. So we got to go ahead, and here we are. All right. Well, let's let's talk about this new release. Um, when you were choosing the songs for this, um, what was your criteria? What were you looking for um, in the songs that you you guys were going to do on this particular uh, release? That kind of went with what your goals were for it. Well, our goals were just to make an entertaining album that people would enjoy as a primary goal. Now, uh, both. Mark Stutzo, our drummer, and uh, Dan Hovey, our guitar player, are, are active writers. Uh, I, I got a writer's block about 45 years ago, wrote a couple of good songs then, and nothing since. <laughs> That's no great excuse, but but uh, Stutzo wrote uh, two really great songs on here, and uh, Dan wrote uh, four of them. And those weren't the only songs they wrote, but... Uh, those were the ones that seemed to really work. I, I do have a little bit of extra say being the original member, but uh, all those songs were great. Um, other songs were chosen uh, out of out of live versions that we were doing that seemed to really work. Um, I stole Nobody from uh, a local band that was doing it. Uh, and actually, Tom Principato, a local great guitar player, recorded it years ago. I didn't even realize it again until I had already recorded it. Um, and, uh, of course, Mark Stutzo sings I'll Come Running Back to You, which is Eddie Hinton's version of a Sam Cooke song. And Eddie Hinton is, was a very important figure in the background of the Nighthawks. We backed him up. We recorded a bunch of his songs. And Mark Stutzo also... Um, recorded some of his songs separately so uh, of course we got a Jimmy Reed song in there because we got to get a little Jimmy Reed or Muddy Waters in there somewhere we'd, we'd take it slow um, and Johnny Too Bad and Dan just brought that in with that almost punk version and it was just like let's play this this is you know too incredibly rocking um I really, and I'm an old friend and fan of John Hammond, and uh, have played with him quite a bit. And 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 uh, his early, he did early on. He did several Mose Allison songs, and uh, I pretty much helped myself to his, in a way, to his version of uh, "Ask Me Nice," the Mose Allison tune. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's such great attitude in that. Uh, I have a lot of fun with it. Uh, our buddy wrote West Memphis, um, a guy we, we used to hang around with down in, in uh, Goodland, Florida. Uh, his real name is Colin Kenny, but he goes by the name of Rayford Stark. And after we finished playing one night, we went over to a little place he was playing, and we heard him play this song. And so after the after the show, I I turned on my little uh, video on my on my camera phone and made him sing it again. And uh, we changed it a bit. We took it more to a, a you know, a, a little bit of Al Green Memphis 
Otis Redding, Memphis kind of sound. But, um, uh, oh, Ain't That Loving You, That what's really cool about that, that's an alternate version of an Elvis recording that I, my friend Greg Geller was involved in repackaging all the Elvis stuff. And uh, he was finding tracks that no one had ever heard before. And he, that's actually, he, there were pieces of that, rock, it's a rocked out version. That the re version they released was a lot more la di da di da But um, Greg basically, uh, and an engineer, put that version, this version of this Ain't That Loving You together. And of course, I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know that until we had finished recording it. But um, it just, it's a rocker. It's a good Elvis Presley rocker. And uh, Gas Station Chicken speaks for itself. That's Mark Stutzer's ode to uh, Southern cooking. Um, oh, everything else is original except for Run Red Run, which is just a a fun B side of a coaster's hit that I just have loved forever and did once or twice with other bands. But um, just kind of thought it'd be really fun to do and it's completely out of, almost out of character it's like a hillbilly little hillbilly country song the way we do it although it was in a way when the coasters did it and um and that's it the rest of the stuff is all original and i can't really say you know why the guys themselves wrote it but there were songs that we all liked and decided to really work up so okay that's, that's the album now, let's talk about you guys in the studio. You know, uh, you have such a rich history of, of making recordings, going into studios. Uh, and, you know, every artist has their way of working in that environment to capture the sound they're looking for. What do you guys do when you get in that, in that world, in the studio, that, that allows you guys to capture what you're looking for? Well, and... and they, uh, the current sound over the past uh, decade is uh, a lot of it is, is based on uh, David Earl and the way he records. David is a great guitar player and played played with a lot of harp players and recorded a lot of harp players. So he's one of the one of the studio engineers and and produce, co-producers that I, I never have to say now. Here's a little Walter song, and here how the echo is, and blah blah blah. He just knows how the harp's supposed to sound, so that make that makes a simpatico move right there. But he's got a great feel for what we're trying to do. Um, his studio has the best of old time stuff and the latest fanciest uh, digital wachihoosies. So. Um, what we try to do is basically cut the track together uh, with a, a scratch, some sort of scratch vocal like we're actually playing. Just get the thing to where we play it as much together as we can and feel it. And then we go back in and we fiddle with little details and we, we do overdub and we add parts. We, on, on this recording, we actually, for the first one of the first times in a long time, uh, the um, um, we we actually brought in Tommy Lepson to do some keyboard parts, which we 
we don't normally uh, don't normally do, um, and uh, we just really, like I said, we really took a lot of time where we could live with something, come back and bring another idea, in, and we we really developed this stuff uh, in great detail, great detail, which was which was quite a trip. Like I say, it was different from the usual thing when we're really you know worried about banging out a uh, um, a quick uh, you know making it quick because the clock is ticking <laughs> right well you know one of the things I you know I always found with Viz Tone and Richie Rosenblatt is that he he gives the artists a lot of freedom in how they approach their current project how was that relationship? Uh, with Viztone and and their input into what you guys were doing? Well, we presented them with the finished product uh, and they seemed to like it. So, Okay. Um, I mean, they, they have a, a you know, Viztone obviously has a, a roots lean overall. I mean, uh, it's, it's not like we're, we're, we're swimming in the wrong, in the wrong pool at all. Um, we know what they're all about. They they have a pretty good idea what we're all about. And it, you know, we we fit in with. They have quite a variety of stuff, but it's all still roots based. Is, is my best way to describe it. Not blues based necessarily, but but we we changed our our labeling many years ago from because we were labeled a blues band and we really never really were. We now describe ourselves as blues and roots rock. And I think you could almost describe this tone as blues and roots rock. So, uh. Okay. Well, you know, I, 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 I believe in a very wide definition of blues. You know, I think, you know, blues is the roots of a lot of great music. A lot of music has been created from that root. Um, and so to me, you know, if it wasn't for the blues, we'd all be dancing around to the polka, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now, let's talk a little bit about um, the industry. Um, you've been around quite some time, you know, 50 years in the business. And the last 20, you know, the digital revolution has really kind of redefined the business as of music. Um the consumer has really embraced streaming as a way to consume music, and that really has set up this this problem in that they don't look at recorded music anymore as a product. It's now a service. Um, what they used to pay for a single CD, or even less than a single CD, they now have access to pretty much anything that's re been recorded in the last hundred years. How has this shift in perception affected you as an artist? Well, it's funny because it hasn't affected me that much. The last few concerts I've been to, I like to sidle up to the uh, merch table. And I, and I the bands that I was, I, was, I went to see um, the North Mississippi All-Stars and I went to see GA20. And in both cases, I went up and schmoozed the merch person and noticed that both bands had vinyl and talked about just, you know, we discussed uh, vinyl versus CD. Most of my crowd 
is old. <laughs> I'd love to have more young people listen to the Nighthawks, but I'm 73. My my base audience goes down into the the, the low 50s, maybe. But uh, my base crowd is older, and they still buy CDs. Uh, some I have some downloaders out there, but uh, I sell CDs from the stage, from at gigs. Uh, I'm I'm told I should be selling uh, vinyl. Um, it's good it would, to to do vinyl of this album. It's, it would take almost a year to get it get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I, I'm that's a great idea. I mean, I have vinyl. I have a record player. I don't use it much because it's inconvenient, as opposed to most. Of, I listen to most of my music in a vehicle, <laughs> in in motion. Right. So, um, I do all my. I have a, a, a station wagon. I drive around locally for at home. That's really where I listen to most stuff. And then of course, uh, the band the band listens to music together uh, in the van on the road. Um, I mean, I've been known to go out and put a new CD uh, in the in the in the van or in the car and sit in front of my house and crank it up to where my wife comes out and says that's too loud. <laughs> but that's that's my frame of my reference for sound, you know, uh, rather than the home stereo, which you know just sounds you no know, anything sounds good on home stereo compared to what I, I normally listen to. So. Um, but I've never been a, personally never been a real audiophile I'll listen to something right on my phone speaker and someone says how can you listen to that well of course you don't hear very much bass but I know tricks to put the phone in the, in the sink or in a cup <laughs> <laughs> okay in, in, a, in a drawer in a drawer in the motel room you know that's what we used to do with uh, the little Walkman you'd open the drawer the drawer of the uh the uh, little bedside table and angle the uh, the little Walkman in there at, at 45 degrees and then the whole drawer would become your base cabinet and you'd actually have some sound but <laughs> you know but so I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a, an audiophile aficionado by any means alright now um, let's talk a little bit about that um you know the the what the pandemic did when it came in. Now you know you had mentioned earlier that you guys were doing some live streaming from the garage, and um, and I think a lot of independent artists started to realize that the fans really wanted to stay connected to the artist. They really wanted to see the artist outside the world of music and and kind of get to know them as people. And, um, you know, this whole world of, of content creation and social media marketing, you know, it, it became to the point where the brand now becomes the product. How are you guys negotiating this world of content creation? Well, I mean, of course, we have a Facebook page and we'll put a picture of us, you know, at, at the Waffle House. Uh, you know, and people seem to like that. Uh, I prefer I prefer to put up picture you know videos of uh, decent videos that people take of the night before and send us or whatever um, because to me it's still about the music uh, and, but you know the Nighthawks have always had a certain 
lean as far as, you know, we're supposed to be some sort of badass guys from somewhere. Um, you know, I was so, so funny. One, one record label, uh, first they tried to, quote, clean up our act and make us pretty and smiley. And they gave up on that, told us to put on the leather jackets and go back in the alley. <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're not, we're not tough guys by any means, but we've just sort of always had a sort of, you know, rougher edge exterior. I guess that just means we don't get too dressed up. But, <laughs> but. all right. Well, you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking with us. It's always a pleasure to have you on. And uh, we're going to give everyone out there an indie blues double shot from your new release. And uh, you guys out there, you know what? Turn up loud. We're going to have a party tonight. Yeah, baby. Crack it. certain times that's certainly true but these imprecise rhymes and rhythms are all about you and honey I need to know are you still mine are there stars in the heavens and does the sun still shine you seem distant so far over Texas when first you were mine There were so many things I thought would last forever But now things are changing faster Faster than the weather You seem distant
find my way back home I will never ever leave you all alone And honey, I need to see you lying next to me Even though you're dreaming of how we used to be You seem distant Well, I just get by with what 
independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. Make you shout now, honey. 